All right, we are live. Hi, everyone. Uh, I'm Anna, as you know, CEO of MaxWeb. Uh, and if you want to learn more about what we do, maxweb.com, there we go. But today, I am very, very honored and excited to share with you a very special guest. Um, his name is Stefan Georgi, and uh, I have been trying to get him on forever. And he was gracious enough to make time for us. So, uh, Stefan, hi, welcome. Hey, thanks, Anna. It's great to be here. I'm really excited to do this. I am so honored to have you. I am a fan. I know a lot of our uh, affiliate partners and the offers we run um, are more amazing because of your expertise. So we all really appreciate you. Yeah, well, no, it's, it's my pleasure. And I'm I'm glad to feed into the ecosystem. I love, <laughs> I love our space and, and love being a part of it. I love it. So what I usually like to do, we keep it pretty informal and, you know, a lot of our friends are going to be listening to this later on, on their drive to work or just as they, you know, uh, finish uh, some ads. So let's pretend some of the viewers don't know who, who you are. So share a bit of background about, you know, who you are. And what I would love to know is how you got into copy because I bet that's a, you know, a fun little story there. For sure. So yeah, my name is, um, is Stefan Georgi, but people pronounce it different ways. So if, like most people say Georgie or Stefan, but anyway, um, I'm a direct response copywriter. I'm a marketer. Uh, I have, you know, sold over a billion dollars worth of stuff with my words, both for my own offers and then for, um, you know, various clients and things that I've, I've written for them. Um, you know, that entails getting some really good clients, getting lucky. Like I wrote some of um, V Shred's like biggest offers, and, and those guys do a couple hundred million dollars a year. So when you're like, how do you get to a billion, right? That's stuff like that. Um, but I started uh, in 2011. I met my now wife at a poker table in Vegas, and at the time, I had no idea what copywriting even was. And uh, she got seated at our poker table, and uh, somebody asked her what she did for a living. I said or she said, I'm a writer. I said, what kind of writer? She said, I'm a copywriter. And I said, wow, a copywriter, how cool. And I pulled out like my iPhone one or whatever I had back then and Googled under the table, what's a copywriter? Cause I had no idea, but I wanted to talk to her. Um, so that was my <laughs> discovery of copywriting. Um, I had no idea. That's, that's amazing. So yeah. Cool. yeah. And, um, yeah, from there, you know, I, I took a, a, a kind of last corporate job. I'd never been, I'd, I'd like, I'm the kind of person who I, I could get hired at like for decent jobs, but um, it's never stuck around. I didn't get fired. I just couldn't do it. I hated how slow the corporate world moved. And so, you know, I took a last job in, in South Florida. Uh, she came and visited. And, um, then like after a few months of, of going out and being in the hot Florida sun and this outdoor sales job and making, you know, 200 bucks a day and coming home and she was in her underwear drinking a beer and she made, you know, $800 in the same day or a thousand dollars. I was like, Hey, I want to do this like copywriting thing. So I, I put up an ad to like hire me as a copywriter. I woke up the next day with like $300 in my PayPal account. And, um, you know, I was like, well, that's it. Quit my corporate job and, and dove into the world of, of freelance and copy. And um, I haven't looked back since. So yeah, that was the start. That's incredible. Well, I had no idea that, uh, you know, she was the reason why you're doing this. I think she's uh, such a talented copywriter. So, you know, it's uh uh, double donor to to know that how how amazing and you're right i mean uh, before i got into this industry that that's a nice way to put it the nine to five the pace is just not 
exciting enough, right? And you know, a lot of uh, us in in our space, we all, you know, we might be seen as quirky from the outside world, but that's probably because we are always looking for something more, right? Yeah. In the in the normal nine to five ecosystem, um, it's it's okay to settle for less, but you know, we always want more, and we know it's possible. So that's that's cool and that's okay right i think uh, a lot of the time we're told that uh we need to settle um and you know i always any opportunity i get to tell our friends and audience to not settle there's a lot of financial stability possibilities out there and you know a big reason why we do the podcast is to show you real life humans that are very successful with what they do so um we had affiliates, we had product owners for you. Um, I, it was really important for me to bring someone that actually really knows what they're talking about when it comes to copy. And yeah. obviously we, we got lucky. So, you know, I would love for you to actually share, um, you know, the specific mistakes you were telling me about uh, when we were deciding on on a topic for, for the podcast. So um, I'm, I'm excited. I, I want to learn. I'm, I have my notepad here. I'm going to take notes. Cool. Yeah, I'm excited to share. Um, so yeah, let me let me see if I can share my screen, and if I can't, uh, then I will, you know, go through them verbally, which will be fine here. Let me no give it one, one shot. I'll tell everyone, uh, you know, the story, not the story, but what I was saying before I hit the live button. This, uh, you know, what happens to me every time when I have a digital conference? Uh, people assume just because I'm, uh, uh, you know, in the affiliate marketing space and digital space that I'm always. Uh, um, very good with everything technical, which is not the case. Um, many times I had to uh, fix my mic or my lighting or not being able to pull my slides. So, you know, it, it happens. I mean, we're plus with uh, StreamYard, we're using StreamYard uh, to to do the podcast. It's, uh, it's a bit more different because when you share your screen, you have to have like a settings for Chrome. So it's yeah. different. Yeah, and it looks like uh, StreamYard here, unfortunately, um, it's not, the screen share is probably not going to work for right now, but that's okay. I can, uh, I'll go through them and, and we'll, uh, we'll do it verbally. So I'll list out kind of the five uh, ones. And honestly, you know, you have to, as a marketer, copywriter, like you had to pick a number. So I picked five, but there's, there's, there's honestly even more, but these are five of the sort of biggest ones that, that I see. So I'll list out all five and then I'll share some examples after that. So I've got number one is is not leading with curiosity. And I'll explain that in a moment. Really important. Um, by the way, I see other people commenting like uh, Andra and Carol and uh, Papu and Daisy and Kam Kamashki and um, so say hi to everyone. I love I always love engaging with people. So um, yeah, number one, not leading with curiosity. Uh, number two is going into teaching mode. Okay, in the lead. Dane, hey, I've heard good things about that Dane Alexander. I know. Um, we were just talking about you, Dave. <laughs> um, number three is not answering what's in it for me, or I call it, well, I'm not, I'm not the one who calls it this, but with them, W-I-I-F-M, or you know, what's in it for me. Uh, number four is sounding like a 1950s madman, and I'll explain that one. In a <laughs> um, and then number five is not including fascinations or curiosity bullets, and I'll, uh, we'll go through examples of all of those. So Again, uh, you know, sorry, I can't share my screen, but, but it'll make it work. So let's start with not leading with curiosity, right? When you look at your, like a headline or um, the lead, and whether this is for an ad or a, you know, long form sales letter or video sales letter, whatever it is, really uh, the, 
I was actually talking to Rich Sheffern yesterday and he put it really well. He was like, your lead is almost like an advertisement for the rest of your ad, right? Like the lead is really like an ad for your ad. So like literally all you want to do with your, with your lead is you want to get people, you know, hooked, interested and curious so that they'll keep going and engaging with the rest of your copy. And we, you know, if you look at Videolytics or Wistia or anything like that, you'll kind of always see that there's that exponential thing where somebody will stick around for the first 10 seconds, then they'll stick around for 30 seconds. If they stick around for 30 seconds, then they'll stick around for two minutes. If they stick around for two minutes, they'll stick around for five minutes and so forth. And the longer you get somebody to stick around in your um, you know, sales copy, the more likely they are to end up you know, converting and buying whatever it is you're selling. So given that's the case, the job of the lead is really to create curiosity. Um, you would have somebody so curious about what you're talking about that they have to no more. You create an itch that they're just begging you to scratch. Um, and then you also need to answer what's in it for them and then some of the other stuff we'll talk about. But you know, curiosity specifically, I have an, an example from um, an ad for a, a weight loss uh, like supplement that I'm running with a business partner. Um, and we've got like a, you know, a great doctor spokesperson, awesome product, all that kind of stuff. And um, you know, we had some different copywriters trying to kind of write ads for us. And so the idea around it is... Um, that if you want to lose weight, you need to save your endangered fat. That's sort of our like hook for this, right? This is the idea that you actually have people always talk about like losing, you know, like like killing fat or burning fat cells, but actually, you know, um, you have a certain type of fat in your body that's endangered, and if it's like a good fat, and you want to save your endangered fat. And spoiler alert, that's it's like brown fat, which isn't the sexiest thing because people know about brown fat. So rather than talk about brown fat, um, we talk about saving your endangered fat, right? That's our sort of big idea or hook. So I'll just give you an example. Um, this one guy wrote, wrote an ad for us and it, it starts off like this. A lot of people don't believe me. It's coming from, coming from the doctor. A lot of people don't believe me when I tell them that there are endangered fats stored in the body, fats that are actually causing fatigue, bloatedness, and tiredness. And most of my patients after the age of 40 look to me for help. So that's how we started his, okay? And it's like, that's not bad. You know, there are endangered fats stored in the body. But I was looking at that and I'm like, well, you know, how do we make it really especially this is for a Facebook ad. How do we really grab somebody's attention right away? Um, so when I thought about endangered, I started thinking about like endangered animals. And I'm like, all right, like, well, what can we do there? So basically for my ad, we have the, the doctor starting by holding a picture of a rhinoceros in this hand, right? Because it's going to grab your attention on this Facebook ad. And then it goes, you know, what are your fat cells in these rhinoceros or what are your fat cells in this rhinoceros have in common, right? Crazily enough, they're both endangered. And while it's tragic that rhinos are endangered, we can't do anything about that today. When it comes to your endangered fat cells, they could be the real reason you struggle to lose weight, especially after 40. Now, you might think endangered fat cells. What does that mean? It turns out there are two extra, or two extra important types of fat cells when it comes to slimming down. One type that tells your body to cling on to fat and one that tells your body to burn that fat for energy. And we kind of keep going from there, right? But like that idea of like, what, is your, what do your fat cells in this rhino have in common? Are, it's a very different ad than sort of like, hey, you've got endangered fat. And we, you, it's so important that you just, that very first sentence, especially for ads, but you've got to just grab their attention. Um, so that's kind of an example of, of leading with curiosity. You know, I'll do another example here um, for a similar, another product with that same partner for a cleanse, uh, where basically our hook for that one, the product is called Slim Belly Cleanse. And the hook in the headline is, could hidden constipation be the real culprit behind our bloated, swollen stomachs, plus a simple 20-second fix that can rapidly improve digestion, slim down our bellies, 
return bowel movements to regularity without detoxes, master cleanses, or turning your insides into a gurgling, swirling vortex of discomfort. Right. But the big idea here is, um, so um, I heard an echo for myself, but I'm sure we'll disappear. So there it goes. Okay. So and, you know, I, yeah. I love, and I'm, I'm sorry, I don't want to interrupt I'm you. Fire hosing. I like to fire hose. So let's, let's take a breather for a second. It's probably better. I know. I honestly, I just thank you so much for actually giving us specific examples because you and I, you know, we spoke on stages before. We hear many of our friends do that. And people get lazy after a point. I'm just going to call them out. And they start sharing just a lot of general stuff, you know, and Thank you. I mean, how refreshing. I even like underlined the first idea because we run a lot of Facebook ads. So, you know, save your endangered fat. That's such a good, obviously, we're not going to copy or, you know, headline, but it's just such a good idea, you know, and, and I love that. Thank you. It's so refreshing. Oh, yeah. No, it's my, my pleasure. Um, yeah, I'm all about sharing. And and yeah, of course, I don't want, want anybody to rip me off, although my, my attitude has always been that I'll just share really openly 99% of the time I don't get ripped off. If I do get ripped off, then I just say, all right, well, now I got to innovate and be even better. Cause if you're, if you're someone who just is going to rip off, right. Then it's like, you're always a step behind the person who's innovating. So, you know, you can yeah, do great yeah. as a person who does that, but um, I'd rather be on uh, the forefront. So um, yeah, cool. So this is like hidden constipation one, right. And here's the lead for this after the headline. Um, you know, dear friend, this is from a different doctor, but dear friend, it happens so often, patients will come to me with bloating, low energy, infrequent or inconsistent bowel movements. Sometimes they complain about a bulging belly that they just can't seem to flatten no matter how much diet and exercising they do. A lot of them tell me that they get mentally exhausted halfway through the day or that they're sick of dealing with mystery skin issues like redness, flakiness, or breakouts. Without fail, they're always surprised when I say that the real culprit might be something called hidden constipation, where there's a log jam happening inside the digestive system and it's taking far too long for food speed to come out on the other side. These patients are even more startled when I tell them that they can poop regularly and still suffer from hidden constipation. Um, and yet it's exceedingly common, especially for adult women, along with men and women who are in their late 30s or older, you see that you may have normal digestion in your 20s, uh, your early 20s, but around the time you turn 40, food can start to get stuck in transit and you can begin to feel more and more like something is off inside of you as a result. And it goes on from there. But again, concepts here being... Um, if you're if you're if you're suffering with bloating or you know you sort of feel like your stomach's always bulging out or you have low energy, and you know, the idea of hidden constipation, you're like, what the hell is hidden constipation, right? And then when you say you can poop regularly and still suffer from hidden constipation, right? Then you're like, what? How is that possible? Constipation? I can poop and be constipated, um, right? So so the whole goal is just curiosity, right? And that's it. Like that's literally all we want is to create curiosity to to create that itch. Um, and you know, we're talking about these pain points that if somebody relates to those pain points and they're like, it could be this one thing, that's the problem that, you know, they're going to want to keep going to find out what the problem is and how they solve it. Right. Um, so yeah, curiosity, that's number one. Love it. Awesome. Cool. What's number two? I want to know. Right. So number two is going into teaching mode and creating a lot of complexity around it. So Going back to the um, the clan or the the weight loss one, um, and then the the junior writer. One thing I noticed in this person, he wrote all these ads for me, and um, you know he's a talented young writer. He's very early on in his sort of career, but like almost every single ad would start to explain about brown fat and white fat, right? Or so, mm -hmm. for example, um, I'll read you some excerpts from several of these ads. You know. Um, 
Like, here's what I mean. There are two different types of fats in our body. One type of fat is bad and can result in a metabolic cascade. And we don't want that because it correlates to numerous health-related problems such as fatigue, bloating, and loss of energy. The other one is a good type of fat and it can assist in gaining a slimmer waist and support healthier weight in general. So far, so good. Then it goes, specifically, it's a type of fat called brown fat, and you may have heard of it from a Nobel Prize winning scientist. Um, I found a way to activate it, and it activates the brown fat in order to speed up your, or I found a way to simply activate it, and when you activate brown fat, it can speed up your metabolism. Okay, that's one ad. Now I'll add the next ad he gave me. Um, like, there are brown fat cells which are completely different. The white fat wants to store more fat as possible, whereas brown fat wants to burn it off ASAP. Uh, the very next ad here, blah, blah, blah. Um, actually, this one, oh, yeah. Brown fat, or as we call it, brown adipose tissue, or BAT for short, can help speed up the fat burning process. That's how it starts. Um, mm. next, next ad here, let's see. Do, do, do. Um, the answer may surprise you. A Nobel Prize winning scientist thinks they have found the cause and has to do with brown fat, a type of fat that helps speed up the fat burning process. But so basically, like the, the issue with this, all these ads is like, okay, first of all, like if somebody's heard of brown fat already, then they may not find it interesting. But if, you, if as a writer, this is going for the copywriters out there or people who write their own ads. If you give me 10 ads and every single one of them is talking about brown fat. So if brown fat doesn't resonate with the market, then every single one of those ads bombs, right? You're, you're creating um, a, a, a state of fragility versus anti-fragility, right? Because it's like, there's no robustness. It's like, if there's either brown fat works in every ad or it doesn't work in any of your ads and all your ads bomb. And not only that, but they don't need to know about brown fat in this ad. The point of the ad is just to get them to click to the lead. We don't talk about brown fat in the lead, right? The point of the lead is to get them to keep going. So if you go back to my Rhino one, um, I'll read that one again, and then you'll see kind of how I do it, right? So again, what do your fat cells in this rhinoceros have in common? Crazily enough, they're both endangered. And while it's tragic that rhinos are endangered, we can't do anything about that today. When it comes to your endangered fat cells, they could be the real reason you struggle to lose weight, especially over 40. Now, you might think endangered fat cells, what does that mean? Well, it turns out there are two extra important types of fat cells when it comes to slimming down. One type that tells your body to cling on to fat and one that tells your body to burn that fat for energy. The type that burns your fat for energy starts to disappear in our bodies as we get older. We have less and less of it, which is why I say it's endangered. It's really important that we find ways to bring back and restore those endangered fat cells. And that's exactly what I want to show you how to do right now. So click the button above or below the video right now, and you'll see a very simple and easy protocol that helps preserve your endangered fat. I know it might sound seem counterintuitive that you'd want to save your fat, but I'll show you the science behind everything I'm saying when you click that button, and you'll see how this saving this one type of endangered fat in your body can make a huge difference in your efforts to lose weight and support your health. As a doctor with over two decades of experience, this has become one of my favorite things to recommend to people is to go see how it works for yourself right now. Right? So we're still talking about two types of fat cells, but then we're sort of stopping and going on to selling the click. We're not like talking about two types and then and then going to teaching mode or explaining mode and being like, one type is brown fat. Here's what brown fat does. One type is white fat. Like we don't need to do that. And if you go to the lead for this offer, which I'll pull up real quick here, I know you'll go to see it, but I'll read it. Um, well, honestly, I, I'm sure everyone prefers to see you because, you know, that's, that's an honor you guys. I know. And um, uh, I, I just want to make a quick note for everyone. We are going to upload the podcast on YouTube and Facebook. So if you're like me and you love to take a lot of notes, you're later tonight, you're going to be able to pause, write out the sentence and go, you know, do your thing. So don't worry. We'll, we'll have it live after as well. Yeah, I could apologize for fire hosing people, but I've just learned to accept it. I'm a, I'm a fire hoser by nature and, you know, you I can run something and lean into it or you can, you know, run for cover. It's up to you. 
<laughs> we don't feel like that. We see it as an abundance of knowledge. Bring it in. We're, we're ready. Yeah. And I, I'm with you. Yeah. It's like, pause it. Take one thing from this interview. You know what I mean? You don't have to take every single thing I'm saying. Take take one or two things and, and you'll be better off than if you didn't. Um, so, you know, the lead, I'll just read part of the lead and the headline for, for that, or the ad for that um, weight loss one goes to, right? One of America's most celebrated medical doctors has a new announcement, save your endangered fat. Plus inside this letter, why Swedish scientists from the Nobel Prize Consortium believe this one thing could help explain why it can be challenging to slim down, especially after we hit the age of 40, and the simple ritual that can help support our body's natural fat burning potential. You'll notice I'm trying to make this, this is a Facebook offer, so I'm keeping the language very kind of compliant, you know, help support our body's fat burning potential, you know, could explain why all that, right? But save your endangered fat. And then the lead to this, you know, my patients always come to me and ask the same thing. Dr. Mansky, what's a healthy way to burn fat? And I always love seeing the shock in their eyes when I say these four words, save your endangered fat. It sounds totally counterintuitive. Everything we hear is about getting rid of fat. What if I told you that the key could be to activate the fat you already have within your body? Specifically, I'm talking about activating the young fat you had when you were a kid, a special kind of tissue that kept us slim with a high metabolism, but that as we age begins to die off, releasing a type of metabolic cascade that can make it difficult for some folks to burn or burn fat or achieve a healthy weight. Not only that, but these endangered fat cells can also make you so tired you can't help but come home and crash on your couch. They can lead to constant struggles with brain fog or have you struggling with cravings. The kinds where you find yourself hunched over the inside of your refrigerator at 10 p.m., gorging on junk food you know you shouldn't eat. Don't worry, I've been there myself. In a moment, I'm going to show you the cutting-edge research from the Nobel Prize-granting Swish Institute that suggests um, all this could come back to your endangered fat cells, as well as a simple morning ritual, uh, morning time ritual that could allow us to reactivate these cells. And it kind of goes from there. But again, it's not like you've got brown fat and you've got white fat. When brown fat, it's like we don't need to do that. It's curiosity, and then just like you know, that that's it. Right? Basically, not becoming a teacher in the lead. You you'll teach later in the sales letter, right? There comes a, a point. And then ad, you don't really ever need to teach a lot. You may give them one little thing, one sort of teaching tidbit. Like if you're doing biz op type stuff and you're like, you know, for example, like um, try Pomodoro's where you work for 25 minutes and stop for five minutes, right? Like that's one way to be more effective. But there's actually three ways to be even more effective that I'll share when you click this link. So like, you know, you may give them like a little tidbit, but we don't want to go into explaining. We just want to, it really ties into curiosity. Like our goal is curiosity, not teaching. So that's number two. You ready for number three? We are. Okay, awesome. So number three is going back to the mistake would be not answering what's in it for me, right? What's it for me being when somebody, there's like the the, the, the classic movie, the gods might, must be crazy or something like that, or it's like this, you know, tribe on like a deserted island and like a Coke can falls from the sky and this is like an uncontacted tribe and they, you know, Look at the Coke can, and then basically, I think they like. I've never even seen the movie, but like that's the premise. And, and I think they, they fight a war over it, and they think it's from God, and all this stuff, right? But like, I joke that your ads are like the Coke can from the sky because you know, somebody's on Facebook and they're like, you know, busy arguing about politics, or they're catching up on their friend's babies, or they're spying on their ex, or they're doing whatever they're doing, and they're scrolling through, and suddenly, you know, your ad, like a Coke can from the sky, falls in front of them and it catches their attention, and then they. Yo, they even click on it, which is crazy, right? They, they didn't go on Facebook to buy something. They went on Facebook to spy or fight or argue or, or post selfies or whatever, sending of Instagram or YouTube or whatever, right? So they, like, but they click. And then like, once they click, they go to your, you know, your, your sales letter or your BSL or whatever. And, you know, they start reading, you know, they, they click the play button. Amazing. Um, 
But like, there's going to come a point really fast where they, they pause and they're like, wait, what the hell am I doing? Like, why am I here reading this or watching this? Right. It's going to happen. Um, they're like, and so that's why it's so important that very quickly you need to answer what's in it for them, why they should keep reading or watching or engaging, even if the ad, why they should read the ad. Um, you know, because otherwise they're going to go away. So like a good example of this would be, um, well, really the, the, the examples that I've already shared with you um, about like, sort of, I'm going to share like a ritual, you know, I'm going to show you the cutting edge research from the Nobel prize granting Swedish Institute that suggests, you know, these things can come back, can come back to these endangered fat cells, as well as a simple morning time ritual that could allow us to reactivate these cells. Um, you know, it goes on this lead, something that supports your body as it sheds fat, that can help your efforts towards a flatter belly and waist. And that often leaves folks saying they feel more confident in their own body. Um, you know, it just takes 10 seconds per day. It's something you can use no matter how much you might have struggled in the past. You know, so if you just hang out with me for the next few minutes, I'll show you exactly why your endangered fat cells could be making it so much harder uh, to burn fat, as well as a simple morning ritual that releases a fat burning cascade. Um, and that can make it possible for those who use it to fit into old clothes again, feel better about what they see in the mirror and experience a flood of youthful energy that fills their veins, right? So it's all about like you. And now this case is for Facebook. So we're kind of saying them and they're a bit more, they're not always just saying you specifically because Facebook, we have to be careful. A lot of the people that are watching us right now, uh, they're doing Facebook ads. So yeah. it's really nail on. Yeah, that's awesome. And and yeah, it's, it's what's cool. My, my partner at the, the one venture, I mean, he was already doing like 60 million a year um, with supplement stuff, like all like basically on Facebook and they have a huge media buying team. So it's been great for me because then I'm writing Facebook ads using other writers and getting all this data on what works and what doesn't work. And, um, and yeah, but, but you know, the same principles that apply for all direct response apply here. I mean, really the big difference is, you know, with Facebook is compliance and claims and things of that nature. But, um, but yeah, it was answering what's in it for them. I, you know, another example. So there's a Mike Tyson offer you may have seen on native it's I am 21 and it's for a, um, like a pre-workout type of thing. So, you know, it's my buddy Steve Gunn's offer. He had the Tommy Chong CBD offer before that. That's not still running and doing well. And um, you know, he had me, you know, do a new lead to try to beat his control. And I did. I beat it by like 30%. And then he just did another test and you know, beat that part beat my that my new lead became the control. And then we did another test with that plus a new checkout. And then basically got like a 70% lift. And and you know, now he's at where he can scale to like a thousand sales a day and, and beyond. Um and and like, you know, I, I'll let me pull these up and, and share the sort of examples here and hopefully for all the people watching i see mark and uh Razvan and the fall and everyone so for those of you you know who are with us here hopefully you're all getting value from uh from this is this good can you give us comments here on the on the live if you're getting value if you're finding this helpful i'm sure they are and you know it's this is what we are looking for right people that share their you know what works what's you know valuable uh this is what we need to know and you know i would i would love to see the ad we do a lot of native as well not just facebook um and i would love to for you to share the ad the one that be the control the the not the mike tyson one so right have that handy. yeah for sure cool so here's um mike tyson here's the original control for the sales letter um i'll read the headline and a little bit more you know mike tyson reveals for the first time your muscles are dying and they're taking you with them Every day you lose a little more strength, a little more speed, and a little more pride. Every ounce of muscle loss is replaced with a pound of fat or more, making you feel tired, weak, and soft. So that, that part's good. It kind of talks to the prospect. Um, and then it says, in all the solutions you've heard of and maybe even tried from eating more protein and even exercise might be making the problem worse. 
And then here's the lead. Faram, what's up, buddy? And Carol and Kevin. Um, yeah, okay. So uh, my name is Mike Tyson. I don't like to brag anymore, but I know you've heard of me. 30 years ago, I was the undisputed heavyweight boxing champion of the world. The youngest heavyweight champ in history, a record that will never be broken. The youngest man to unify all three heavyweight titles and become the undisputed world champ. But fast forward to last year, and I wasn't fighting for a title. I was fighting for my life. I was fat, sick, and damn near dead. 100 pounds overweight, weaker than I had been since I was 14 years old, insulin resistance, high blood pressure. My cardiologist warned me that I had to get it together or prepare for a heart attack or stroke. It was pathetic. I had walked away from boxing at the height of my fame in order to save my sanity and my soul. More on that in a second. And it almost cost me my life. What's crazy is that this wasn't the warning. Um, that wasn't the warning from my doctor that set me straight. It was my pride. An embarrassing wake-up call last year led me to realize that I had to act fast or risk dying and leaving my family alone to face the world without me. That one moment itself a transformation that shocked the world and sent me into the fight of my life to reclaim my body and my legacy and what's for all. Now, it keeps going for quite a while here. But the thing is, it's good copy, but it's all about Mike Tyson, right? And, like, so we're like, okay, cool, Mike. Like, like Mike Tyson's famous enough, and, and Steve's really partnered with Mike Tyson. This isn't, like, you know, he's not, like... Um, and Mike Tyson's famous, famous enough that people want to hear about Mike Tyson. But at a certain point, you're like, all right, all right, Mike Tyson. Like, you know, uh, like, why am I, what's it for me? Why am I reading this letter, right? I was looking at weather.com or I was on Forbes or my local newspaper and I saw this native ad and clicked on it. And like, you know, suddenly here I am. But I'm like, well, this is kind of interesting, but is it enough to, to get me to keep going? So um, let me go to my, my variant here, which... Um, you know, still talks about Mike Tyson at first, but I try to pivot to the what's in it for me faster. And I got a little more um, intense with it because, you know, as you read the letter, there's stuff about Mike, uh, he, he basically had issues with his weight his whole life, which I didn't know. And um, as a, as a yeah. former fat kid when I was young, I'm like, okay, can relate. Um, so I'll read the headline for this one. This is the control now. Uh, Mike Tyson's confessional bombshell. I used to talk about ripping my opponent's hearts out but inside I've always felt like a fat, scared little kid. Um, here's how the champ finally reclaimed his manhood all while dropping 83 pounds of retirement weight that had been piling onto his gut and leaving him sluggish, exhausted and knocking at death's door. Freak athlete and animal inside the ring, not human. Anyone who's old enough to remember me in my prime probably has an image of me like this. And it's an image of Tyson in like the 80s, 90s, like super jacked. Um, what if I told you that inside my own head, I've always seen myself like this. We have a picture of like fat Mike Tyson from a few years ago. Right. That's a photo of me from a few years back. And while my weight gain was shocking to a lot of people, to me, that was how it was always going to be me, a fat piece of shit. And the truth is that when my weight started to skyrocket a few years back, at first, I didn't even care. I'd always been fat inside my mind ever since the 80s when people would comment on my weight constantly. And it shows a headline from the 80s where they called him the overweight heavyweight. And the truth is, I did things to stay skinny that would make people with an eating disorder blush. I'll share more about some of the most, I don't know if we're concussed or not, but just cussing this. So I'm, is, am I allowed to cuss on this? Is that okay? You are. <laughs> I'll share more. Yeah, this is fun about this one because it's from Mike Tyson. He cusses. I I'll share more about some of the most fucked up things I was doing behind the scenes in a minute. But more importantly, in the next few moments, I want to tell you how I woke the fuck up. How I dropped over 83 pounds and how for the first time in my life, I lost this weight the right way by making one single change to my diet. This is something that I know pretty much anyone can do too. You don't need to be a genetic freak. I'll prove that inside this letter. And the single tweak has already helped thousands of guys drop an extra 7, 15, even 22 pounds from their bellies while taking a rolling pin to their saggy man boobs and replacing them with flat, hard pecs. And it's leaving them feeling like a virile, powerful animal all day long and all night long too. For me personally, this one single change to my diet allowed me to start burning away the pounds of fat I had been packing up for years. I began building hard muscle like I had back when I was on top of the road. 
I was sleeping like a baby each night and waking up with all day energy. And really, I just felt like a superhuman again for the first time since the 90s. And here's a spoiler for you. Although this one diet trick I made did end up putting my body into a highly anabolic state, one where it was like my stomach had no option but to turn fat into muscle and where my senses got heightened and I started feeling like an apex predator. This one change I did to my diet has nothing to do with steroids, testosterone, or HGH, and I sure as shit wasn't doing cardio or prancing around in some Pilates class either. Nope, I kept eating like the fat kid I'd always believed myself to be, but it just didn't matter. My body came alive, and now I want to share my secret with you. Because no matter if you're in your 40s, your 50s, your 60s, or you're some white-bearded, wrinkly-ass old geriatric in a nursing home, making this one single change to your diet can transform your physical performance along with the way you look, move, and feel starting almost right away. Curious? Let's jump in. Right. So like basically, again, we're still telling the story, but we're switching very quickly to, you know, I'm going to tell you how I woke up, how I did these changes and then how you can do the same thing, no matter where you're at, you know, what your age is, you know, this one tweak story helping more people. So um, it's a huge, huge difference. And I think that's a huge reason why, you know, that lead made such a big lift. I mean, it was like only a couple hundred words um, that I wrote for Steve, but it increased the words by 30%. Thank you. <laughs> we, uh, are, we write out a lot of uh, pre-sales and pre-lenders yeah. for as well. It's no secret. We have wonderful partnership with Outbrain or F Content, and we send a lot of native traffic. And uh, I know the media buyers would be so excited. Uh, they, they probably have no idea. I had no idea that you were the person behind that ad because we, yeah. we know it. We've seen it on the spy tools and... That's such that's great copy. I'm so glad you shared that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm I'm, I'm so uh, happy to share, and yeah, I, I, um, it's fun. It's one of the best parts of being a, a copywriter is is getting to write for people like Mike Tyson, or I did you know um, one of the new leads for the Tommy Chong offer, or you know just famous doctors, and just I don't know. I think that part's really fun because you get to you know come into contact with these incredible people and, and capture their voice, and you know, it's just a lot of fun. So, um, so cool. Yeah. Okay, cool. So number mistake number four will be easier. I won't, um, this is a, a quick one sort of, uh, but it goes back to not sounding like a 1950s madman. And what I really mean with um, mistake number four, and what's up, uh, Iman or Iman, what's up? I don't know how to pronounce your name. And I was, no, I know her really well, but no, I don't know how to pronounce her name well, but uh, okay, 1950s madman. Um, so what I mean here is like some people write copy, and this is especially true ad copy, um, like, you know, Facebook ads, uh, Really everything, and and they 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 write, they, they get this voice in their head of like a 1950s character from the show Mad Men, where it's like, I imagine them like you know in like a smoky cigarette, and they're like you know, uh, you know, like if you're a man who's between the age of 40 and 50 and you suffer from this, then you know pay attention because the next five minutes could change your life. You know, indeed, it's true. Like right now, like as we and it's like like weird like verbiage and stuff that's just not conversational. Iman, like poke Iman. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Sorry. But it's like not conversational. Um, it's like, it, it's, it's, I mean, really the, the other way you could say is that the, the opposite or antonym to sounding like a 1950s madman is like talk conversationally, talk like people speak or sorry, write conversationally, write like people speak, you know, write like you're with a friend having a glass of wine or a martini and you're telling them about some crazy thing you discovered and you're just trying to share like that with them, right? That's how you should be writing. And people who are good writers and great conversationalists go to write and they think they need to write in this like kind of editorial standpoint of like, um, you know, ask your friends, ask your brothers, and surely they will tell you nothing is greater than the feeling of this. It's like, like nobody talks that way. So why are you, why are you writing that way? Right. Um, 
that's just like a huge, huge important point. But I see that mistake, especially newer um, kind of like writers and, and you know, people with not a lot of experience. They almost get this weird voice in their head. So sounds simple, but it's a huge make or break thing because, uh, you know, you want to come across as authentic. Like you don't want your ad to feel like an ad. That just seems so obvious, right? That's why native ads we just talked about work so well. Yeah. That's why, you know, Facebook ads will kind of teach you something, but they don't over teach. They may give you one thing, but like, um, you know, the whole point is that it's engaging content or something fascinating and not like it's that Coke can from the heavens again and not an ad. So if you write where it just sounds like an ad, you're basically signifying to the prospect, like, Hey, I'm going to sell you something. And immediately the, the resistance, the guard, you know, the shields go up and they're like, you know, I'm out. So, um, and think about the. I'm. Uh, I. I, I want to add something. Think about the customers, right? Because for ads, I always talk about the audience when we write something and how important it is to understand the audience. So uh, you said something brilliant, which is uh, something simple yet so important. You want your ad to sound conversational. And that's so important to our generation or even to people that are buying most of our products, right? Even the boomers now and how they relate to the outside dynamics of the world. If you start with that voice, if you are a man, right, it, they're not going to buy into it. You uh, To understand your audience also means knowing that you need to have the ad sound conversational. So that's brilliant. 100%. Yeah, and 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 like entertaining too. And, and by the way, I see Molai Perlotta. I gotta give her a shout out. And Madalena, glad you're enjoying this too. Um, I, my, my first health supplement company that I ended up scaling. The second year, we did like 23 million. Uh, Molai was a part of it, so I, I had to say hi to her. Um, but like, I remember uh, really early on, I went and um, did like I did the phones. I did customer service. It was like a weekend. We had a big email drop, and I didn't have like a full time customer service team. And I realized that I had like all these this traffic you know, my, my funnel and nobody was there. So I went to like, we had a Regis, a co-working space at the time, went in, got on the phones and did customer service. It was one of the best things I ever did because I just learned like, um, you know, so much about what my customers were really thinking. And, you know, my offers at that time were like, were super aggressive. Um, you know, I don't know if I say black hat, but very much gray hat. It was something where I, you know, had to kind of eventually learn. It wasn't even that intentional. I just, there's a bunch of stuff I didn't know I couldn't say. And I had to learn like, oh yeah, you can't say that. Right. Um, but like, even with that being the case, I would talk to some of these folks and all of them were like seniors and, and 50 plus, 60 plus. And they'd be like, well, you know, I know that the, uh, that ad, like it's, you know, kind of like, kind of bullshit. Like, you know, it was really sensational. And like, I, you know, like I don't, that story seems crazy, but like, but it was really entertaining. I'm so bored to entertain me. And I figured, well, if I'm this entertained then you know, why don't I try the product out? And I was like, cool. Cause in your head, you think that there's like, you know, oh, they're all taking this crazy sensational story literally. And, and they weren't, but they were like, they were entertained and then, and then there was enough of a promise. They were curious enough that they would keep going. And it was a powerful lesson about, right. The copy again, it should be, it really is a form of entertainment. Your ad copy is entertainment. And, and it's like something that, you know, people are entertained when they're, when they, when something relates to them, if they, if there's something that is completely foreign to them and the way you're talking, it comes back to language. So, um, you know, just building that real rapport and connection with somebody, uh, it's just vital. And yeah, if you write like a 1950s madman, then you won't have it. Um, Love it. Yeah. And we are at number five. Number five. So number five is not including fascinations or curiosity bullets in your lead. This to me is like the biggest secret trick or hack. Um, it's like a no brainer and yet so many people don't do it. So I'll give you concrete examples. Let's go back to the Slim Belly Cleanse one, the one about um, 
like, you know, hidden constipation, right? Uh, so as we go through the lead, we're talking about all this stuff. Um, you know, we have like, all right, you need to pay. Uh, so really it doesn't matter how old you are or whether you're a man or a woman, this is still in the lead towards the end of the lead. You need to pay close attention to what I'm about to share. In the next five minutes, I'm going to give you a simple six, six question quiz saying it can help you determine if you might be suffering from hidden constipation. And more importantly, I'm going to show you exactly what you can do about it. by handing you an easy proven way to speed up your digestion from the comfort of your own home in about 20 seconds. Um, but then we keep going. Um, and uh, we say here, uh, do, do, do. In fact, I'll share why most cleanses and detoxes are scam in a second. Plus, in a few moments from now, I'll also reveal the truth about whether there's five to 20 pounds of toxic old poop stuck in your colon right now. You'll find out what a lazy stomach is and why one of America's most celebrated medical doctors thinks it could be an energy vampire that's leaving us exhausted without our knowledge. And you'll see why some of our most stubborn belly fat may not actually be fat at all. All that and more is coming up, so let's jump right in. Right? So, in a case like this, we just have those little uh, kind of curiosity bullets, fascinations at the end. I'm going to give another example here. Um, this one would be from uh, from the, the the weight loss one. Okay, so um, I know everything I'm saying might sound a little too good to be true. This is again towards the end of the lead. Heck, it might even sound a little unbelievable, which is why I'm going to take great care to break down all of the research from places like the University of Tokyo, the British Journal of Nutrition, and the New England Medical Journal that backs up everything I'm saying. Plus, I'll also tell you how a rare North African vanilla molecule was found to boost the body's natural fat brain activity by up to 450% in one study, the surprising connection between why newborns don't shiver and a slimmer waistline, and how an Italian ingredient found in a common breakfast drink could help support healthy fat loss. Hint, it's not coffee, tea, or orange juice. All that and more is coming up in just a minute. So the point is, you give you got your big idea, right? So in Slim Belly Cleanse, it is um, hidden constipation. And the, the Slim Shred one... It's uh, endangered fat. And I like to think of this as like, a, like an analogy like fishing. It's like, so you've got your big idea, your big hook, right? Hidden constipation is a big hook. Um, endangered fat is a big hook. So perfect. Your prospect's a little fish. They're swimming. You've got your big baited hook. You're hoping your prospect's going to just come right up to that, bite onto it, like my sound effect. And uh, you'll pull them through the rest of your promo to the buy now button. They'll click it and buy, right? But what happens if they kind of like are interested in that hook, but they're not sure they're swimming around it. They're not positive. They want to take a bite or not. So if you don't have other curiosity bullets and fascinations in your lead, then you're really just hoping that one hook works. But when you add in more stuff like the, you know, rare North African vanilla ketone or vanilla molecule, or, you know, the surprising connection between why newborns don't shiver in a slimmer waistline or, you know, the Italian breakfast ingredient, um, breakfast drink ingredient. Now you've got these other little hooks. So maybe your prospect swims by that first one, but they, yeah, they can't help it. They bite onto this one or this one or this one. You're giving yourself way more chances to catch your prospect and then reel them along, you know, up to the, the buy now boat. So they get on the buy now boat and come with you and become a customer. And so when you think about it that way, and again, we think about how it's all about curiosity and creating itches and scratching it. Why would you not put some fascinations or curiosity bullets like that, you know, in your lead pretty much every single time. All you're doing is increasing your chances of pulling the prospect with you. Even if they're already on board with the first, the main big hook, that's just gonna make them, it's like putting more hooks so that you really caught the fish now. Um, there's no reason not to do it. And so that's a huge one that people don't do that off. I mean, it, it's like 50-50, but to me, it's like, I would always, always, always have those uh, fascinations or curiosity bullets in there. No, it's, I've honestly, it's, uh, I feel like I'm back in school. I took so many notes. I love it. So helpful. 
Fantastic. And uh, I know you have, you know, we have, we like to keep it at one hour. So if it's okay with you, I would love if we take some uh, questions uh, from our friends that were able to join in live. Yeah, um, absolutely. Let's do it. Awesome. So we're ready, guys, whenever you are. Meanwhile, I have a couple that I got on Skype from my affiliates who are uh, very private. <laughs> All right, so John, um, any specific tool? Oh yeah, I remember this one. Okay, so what John was asking, he, he wanted me to check with you. So for native, we sometimes do, um, obviously we do the spy tools, like your complexity, blah, blah, blah. And then um, are there any tools that you would recommend as using when writing copy? I don't know, think of it like a headline generator or something like that. Uh, do you use any tools, basically? Or can sure. you give us any good examples uh, of, uh, of tools? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, you know, one really obvious one that's not like a big secret is this Facebook ads library. But I love to go and look at what my you know, competitors are doing, what their ads look like, you know, their, their style, all that kind of stuff. Um, so, you know, that that's... Again, nothing uh, groundbreaking, but but I use it quite a bit, especially with Facebook ads. And even because like, I'm not going to swipe them super hard, but it's like, at least I can get the juices full and creatively. If I see how their ads are and I'm like, oh, okay, right, I can do that too. Um, you know, one of my my favorites, um, you know, and this relates to kind of a Sir, uh, Sir Rob's question about headlines too, but um, is answer the public. For those who don't use that, that's a great tool. Um, so if you go to answer the public, uh, I, I set the filter to us cause I think the default is UK, but you know, you basically type in like a, a phrase, um, or a word, and it'll basically show you all the inquiries that people are, are searching in Google and search engines around that. And it kind of like ranks it by frequency too. So for example, for something like hidden, um, constipation type thing, right. If I'm like, all right, this is about digestive health and bloating. So, you know, in, in poop, right. So if I type like poop. But it'll show you all these different and it categorizes it. So it'll be like, you know, you know, so many people are like, you know, um, what like what does it mean if my poop is like, you know, green? Or what does it mean if my poop is red? Or like, what are the different colors of poop and why? Or should your poop sink or float? Or like all these questions that, you know, people are asking Google kind of privately, but that you see, wow, like, you know, that's actually I can write all these ads around that, right? Like even the doctor, like, hey, should your poop sink or float? The answer might surprise you. Like, boom, easy, right? You know, what does it mean if your poop's green? Like, should you be worried? Well, here's the truth. Like, and you can do, you know, for bloating, like, you know, weight loss, like, um, I mean, anything, right? There's income, like biz op stuff, like any any category or niche. Um, so I love answer the public a lot for that. Um, let's see here. Uh, yeah. So that, that's as well. And if you don't mind, uh, if you want to read it out loud, because a lot of our friends are listening on Spotify, they might not see the question. So we, before you yeah. answer, please uh, make sure we... But you can facilitate. I, mean, I started just going, like, I was going to just like answer questions without. I'm just so used to like doing calls, but you can feel free to, to facilitate it, you know. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Great. So one of our affiliates, uh, Mada is one of our account managers and you know, our affiliates are private. So we told them just give us the questions on Skype and we'll, we'll ask you. So one of our affiliates just asked what are, uh, what is better to focus on headlines or the images, uh, better conversion. I think what they're asking, you know, um, in an ad, you'll see the headline and then whatever thumbnail by, by image, right. they mean 
thumbnail because we always pay a lot of attention to the specific thumbnail. If you had to pick one, I know both are important, but what do you think is more important to really make the, the person pause and read the rest of the ad? Yeah, I mean, that, it's tough because, yeah, they are both. I mean, ideally, they're, they're, they're equally weighted, I would say, really. But, I mean, to be completely transparent, if I had to pick one, I'd probably pick, I think the image is more important. But mm. the headline still has to at least be relevant. It can't be, if it's a really, if it's not a relevant, congruent headline, um, you know, like, even if, if but if you say your headline is a 5 out of 10 and your image is a 10 out of 10 or 9 out of 10, that's going to do way better than if your headline's a nine or 10 out of 10, but your image is like a three or a four out of yeah. 10, I think, because it's a visual medium if we're talking about your know, Facebook ad or a native ad, um, things like that. So in those cases, I, I yeah, I honestly think the image is, is more important, but but they are both very important. Right. It's just to, to get them enough to stop as they're scrolling through ads, well, the image will get them to stop and then the headline will hook them. All right. Uh, next question. Do you think copy can sell without using the your life is in danger approach? Yeah, I do. I mean, I, I honestly, I've gone away from from most of that. Like I'm not at all shading on the dramatic, like it starts and the guy's on the treadmill and falls down and you hear the beep, beep and like, John, John, and he wakes up in the hospital and the doctor is always saying how terrible things are. Right. Like, you know, no, no shade. I'm not, I, I, I'm like truly, uh, I was like, I'm never going to judge anybody. Um, or, or throw shade on it, right? That stuff can work and, and work quite well. Um, but I don't really do that kind of like marketing any, anymore. I, you know, I did in the past and, and again, no shade on. But yeah, I think really though, it's about curiosity. I think it's about to curiosity. It's like create a lot of curiosity and then, you know, really demonstrating that you understand your prospect's pain point, their real true deep pain point and promising that you're going to solve it in a unique way, um, in a way that nobody's told them that it can be solved before. Um, I think you get a, around the sort of most, you know, the darkest, like, oh, you know, you're going to die type stuff by um, still capturing the pain point and then really hitting with a lot of curiosity. Um, and then, you know, and then it depends on the medium as well, too. Like, it's harder, like, for, for email drops, right? If you're, like, you have a great curiosity-heavy sort of sales letter around, like, blood sugar, but you're going up against, like, miracle five-day diabetes cure with like crazy story. It's like, it's no matter what, like that one's probably going to be your great curiosity one on email. Um, you know, not every time, but a lot of times it's hard, you know, going back to claims, it's hard to compete with a claim that's like reverse your diabetes in five days. You're like, well, shoot. I mean, how do I, if I'm just saying, Hey, this will support healthy blood sugar. And they're saying this is going to reverse diabetes in five days. It's hard for me to win that battle. So then it comes back to like the traffic sources, the affiliate relationships and things like that, because there's, also plenty of, you know, large list owners out there who are like not comfortable promoting miracle diabetes cure over here, but they're totally happy to promote your thing. And they understand that it may not convert quite as well as the miracle cure will, but, um, you know, they're like, but they they sleep better at night promoting your offer than this offer. And, you know, there's compliance and legal issues and all that kind of stuff too. So, um, so it's a long winded way of saying, yeah, absolutely. But, um, you know, you have to look at the realities of, of where the traffic's coming from and, and things like that as well. Absolutely. I happen to agree. All right. Uh, when looking for improvements on copy, uh, what, is, what is the thing you are checking? Conversion rate, time spent on the page. Um, I can tell you what we're doing. So um, I, I think the question is more from like the affiliate perspective, like um, when improving the copy for us is the EPCs and conversion rate, not as much as the CPA. Um, 
probably when you check like for Facebook ads, I'm thinking is time spent on the page or how many people actually purchase the product, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, both. I mean, really, it comes back to the same metrics. I mean, for me as an offer owner or as a copywriter for my client, it's like, I mean, the metrics really what like, like whatever metrics that is needed for the offer to scale, which, you know, if we're running a lot of affiliate traffic, it's going to come back a lot of times to EPC, right? So if my EPC is $1.30 and, you know, competitors offers EPC is like $3, I'm like, well, crap, I got a lot of work to do because, you know, it's going to be hard for me to scale with this $1.30 EPC. Um, but as far as copy elements, then if I'm now I'm like, okay, now I want to improve the EPC um, or the conversion rate or things like that, right? Then it would usually come down to the headline and the lead first, because if you look at it like a, a funnel, it's that the most people are seeing the headline and the lead. As you go further, further down, you know, there's always going to be a drop off no matter what. So that's why we always focus on the headline and the lead first. And, you know, you get the biggest movement there versus your mechanism or the close or like the other stuff. And that stuff can be important too. But really, I'd, I'd focus on the, you know, kind of top, of, not even top of funnel, but top of, of the letter, top of the copy. Um, and then, yeah, and then on video, it's like drop off rate, like engagement rate after 15 minutes, how many people are still here? You know, how many people make it to the first call to action button, to the second call to action button? Um, you know, are there big drop off points? That stuff's all valuable, but ultimately, you know, it comes down to just those basic metrics like EPC and, and stuff like that. I mean, like, you know, either it's working or it's not working in a way. Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, I feel like we're going to need to do another one. And that one is going to be all question and answers. And yeah. because we have life, you need to say yes and commit to it now. <laughs> I would love to. It's super fun. I love doing this stuff. I, you can hear I talk fast. I have a lot of energy, but it's because I just like I love talking about this stuff. It's, it's a or, lot. You know what? That's that's how all of us are here in this community. We're huge nerds when it comes to talking about traffic and copy and anything that will get our EPCs and conversion rates up. So I appreciate you so much for uh, taking the time. And uh, everyone, I know there are a few more questions. I promise we'll we'll try to get to them, and we will have. Stefan back 2022 we'll schedule an hour long just questions and answers I promise um but to clo close this out I have just one more question for you if you know you want our friends to take away one thing from our chat today our beautiful one hour of nerding over copy what would that be oh man um make make your copy like fun, which I include with the curiosity and things like that. Like you can, you can tell when somebody writes a lead, um, especially let's say, and you can tell they're just going through the motions and they're trying to check like everything off the list, but there's no personality or like fun with it. If you're, if you're not like having fun writing the copy or your copywriter is not, or you don't have fun reading the copy, um, it's almost always, it doesn't, it almost always doesn't convert. And so, um, you know, don't feel like you need to put like a, gloves on, boxing gloves on, or, or, or restrain yourself, like, like kind of go for it and have fun and let that come through. I, I just, you know, like not everything's going to work. I, 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 like that's the big part too, right? I, I have a really good track record of like, I don't know what I'm batting, like about like 500, 600, where like one in every two offers at least like works, which is really hard to do for, I've, I've written hundreds of sales letters, right? That's, that's like, it's pretty wild. Um, now not every single one of them is like a home run out of the gate. Sometimes like they're pretty good. And then I go through and write another lead. Again, the leads are so important. Um, and sometimes things are just like, we can't figure it out. And it's like, I don't know. It just, it just didn't work. Um, I wish I was bad at a thousand, but I don't Right, 500. I'll, I'll have to take it. Um, 
So because of that, don't be afraid to kind of like have fun, to put personality into it because like, it's okay if it doesn't work. If it doesn't work, it doesn't mean you're a failure. It doesn't mean that everything's screwed, that you wasted your time or your money. It just means you've got to test or reiterate or, or iterate. I mean, like all you got to do is try some more leads after that. If that lead didn't work. No big deal. Try three more leads. One of them might work way better. We see it all the time. I've seen things go from like, you know, converting like a one out of a thousand to converting at like, you know, 5% by literally changing the lead. I mean, there's massive, I didn't know the math on that, but there's, there's massive wins simply by shifting the lead. So, um, you know, don't be afraid to kind of take big swings and, and inject personality into what you're doing. That was fantastic. Well, thank you again so, so much. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. This is a blast. And thanks for everybody who watched the live or who's going to listen to it, um, you know, on Spotify later, you know, really had fun. Absolutely. That's, you know, I wanted to add uh, everyone, you're going to be able to watch it again on Facebook and our Facebook channel. It's going to be on all the media podcast uh, platforms out there. We have it on Google and Apple and Spotify. So please make time later to, to go through everything. Um, I know I will because I have three pages of it and i'm very excited so thank you again uh, uh love you guys everyone that was uh live with us i know it's super late for a few of you so we appreciate you and stefan thank you again you are such a, a charming human and uh I, I i really appreciate you yeah thank you it was my pleasure thanks everybody